to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you can turn with me, let's uh, open up to 1 Corinthians 13. I kind of switched it up because of the labor of love outreach that we just did, and you know, it was about love. And I thought, wow, you know, it's the labor of love. We're laboring, and it's, uh, it's love. So I thought we'd, you know, kind of come out of our, our normal uh, text and go here to the love chapter. Was not that outreach just amazing, you guys? Was that amazing? I'll tell you, the Lord just kind of did something way beyond anybody, way beyond man. It was just a, a true work of God's Holy Spirit, just working in a special way. We... Uh, well, first off, you know, just the, as the gospel went out, many, many people, you know, uh, raised their hand, committed their lives to the Lord. We gave over 300 Bibles out, I was told. Isn't that amazing? When we went to do the baptism afterwards, we were, you know, we went down to the water, and it, it was so many people that the, uh, I guess the, the police department whatever said, hey, you guys need a permit for this. You can't have it. You should warn us of this next time. You know, we didn't know you were going to have a baptism. I mean, there were hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of people standing on the shore. It was just amazing. And one after another, they came out to the water. And we asked, how many of you received Christ for the first time today? And a bunch of hands were just raised up. We did. We did. People were weeping and crying on the shore. It was love. It was God's love. God's love penetrating the hearts of men. Love works. The title of the message, love works. God's love works. God love, his love changes us. God was at work. And what is love? You know, we've got this love chapter before us, and I hope it shines a little light on the subject of love, that we might understand more about love. Alan Redpath, a great preacher, said, one could get a spiritual suntan from the warmth of this chapter. <laughs> I, don't, I don't quite understand what that means, but I, I hope we get that spiritual suntan. As we, we got all kinds of sun yesterday, by the way, but uh, this is a spiritual suntan. From this chapter. So let's go ahead. Let's look at this uh, wonderful chapter of love. Let's look at what love is. Paul the Apostle writes, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and have, though I have all faith that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. 
Paul the Apostle, as he was writing this, he was actually, you know, in chapter 12, he was writing all about the gifts of the Spirit, about, you know, the giftings that we have. And he was talking about the different giftings. And he ended the chapter, before we start this chapter, he ended the chapter and he says, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. And the more excellent way is love. So he was telling this church in Corinth, and I believe the church in Corinth, they, they did not lack what, of, when it came to spiritual gifts. They were very gifted. They had all kinds of gifts in the church, and they were thriving in that way. But one thing that they lacked, they lacked love. So Paul the Apostle says, you know, I know you're gifted spiritually. I know you've got all these wonderful gifts. And he kind of broke down the different gifts. But he says, you know, the greatest, desire the greatest gift. And that greatest gift is, and can I hear you guys say it? Love. The greatest gift is love, to have love. We're to grow in love for God. We're to grow in love for God's people and one another. We're to grow in love for the lost. And we're, we should abound in love. And, and it, we, you know, I, I find if I'm not growing in love, if I'm not going forward in love, I, I realize that something's wrong with me spiritually. And it's not this is sloppy, you know, I call it sloppy agape. You know, this is a Greek word, agape. You know, where people say, oh, I love you, brother. I love you, I love you, I love you. And everything's love, 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 love. And then they're just, you know, they, they talk about you behind your back. They're like, yeah, I can't stand that person. I don't know why. They say, well, I love you, baby. I love you, love you, love you. That's not love. We just read about it, what love is. But we should grow. We should abound in love. Just the other day, a young lady who just started coming to the church, you know, she told me, she says, you know, I just want to tell you, you know, I just started coming to your church and people from the church, your church have been coming up to me, making me feel welcomed and, and just kind of embracing me. And she says, you know, it's, you know, they're just going out of their way for me. And I says, wow, imagine that. <laughs> there must be Christians in here. That's what we're supposed to do. We're to love one another. We're to, we're to you know, extend our love to, to each other. That's what we're called to do. God, you know, we're God's people with God's love. So people that come into God's church, into his house, they should experience his love. Amen? Amen. And it's a selfless love. But John 13, 35 says, By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have for one another. I think there's a big t attack on the church when it comes to this, 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 you know, having love for one another. There's a huge attack that's, that loves to bring division. I believe it can even be a, a, an evil attack that tries to cause division in the body of Christ because they're supposed to we're supposed to have unity in the church. We're supposed to have unity with one another. And what happens is God uses the people that are closest to us as tools to, to mold and shape and to chisel away at our lives. And what happens is you get a chisel, you go, oh, oh, that hurt. And I'm not going back to that place. That place hurts. Or I'm not going to be near those people because every time, you know, I get hurt. But it's a process that God uses. He uses the people that are closest to us to mold and shape us, to conform us into his image. And I find in my own life, it's, he's not just working on one end. It's not like, I'm just the chisel, chiseling away, you know, no. No, there's, there's on both ends, there's a chiseling going back and forth. There's a work of the Holy Spirit that should take place. And primarily, he uses the people that are closest to us. But in our human nature, in our sinful nature, we want to stay away from anything that has to do with that. We don't want that uncomfortableness. We don't want people to chisel away at us. And what we should do is we should embrace what God has and ask the Lord Show me, is that true? Is that you? Are you doing that work? 
And I'm not talking about, you know, I, I, there, I, there's some people that come through the church and they think they're just the master blaster and they're the chiseler. And that's it. They're just blasting everybody. I know what's wrong with you. 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 And you and you and you and you and you, everybody. And I believe, I, I've seen in the church, being in the church for all these years, I, I've seen that that person that's doing that, usually that person has so many problems that he doesn't want to deal or she doesn't want to deal with the problems that are going on the, in their life. So they want to put it on everybody else and say, I can see your problem, I can see your problem, I see your problem, I see. And it's like, and it's just, they, they, it's like they feel like they're the police of the church. I'm not talking about that. It's a give and take, it's love. It's done in love. When we talk about love, we must first understand that love comes from God. God is love. God is love. He's love. 1 John 4, 16, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. God is love. To have true love in our life, we have to have God living in us by his Holy Spirit. My question to you is, do you have God's Holy Spirit living in you? He's love. And I find what we can do is we can quench the love of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. We can quench what God wants to do by being in the flesh, by being in sin, and by being in the things of this world. And we can quench the love of God working in and through our lives because God is love. And when he's abiding and ruling and reigning and in the midst of us and inside of us and we allow him to have that work, then he does a marvelous work. We can quench what God wants to do sometimes. I heard someone once say it's like, a, it's like a hose, you know. Sometimes there's a kink in the hose, and there's just no water. The water's there, the supply's there, but the kink's there, and there's, nothing's coming out. Do you ever water, you know, you're out there watering the lawn or something? You can't do that in, in Southern California anyway. But, <laughs> but you're watering the lawn, and it's, you know, someone comes and they kink, they put a kink in the hose. You know, they're, you know, the backyard, you're in the front yard, and then you're just like, what's, you know, it's, it, there's nothing. And I believe that's what can happen with sin and carnality, self. The world, there can be a kink. God is love. But my question again, does God's Holy Spirit live in you? I mentioned, yeah, I'll tell you, yesterday was just, I mean, I can't stop. I woke up four or something this morning. It's like, my brain is just like, you know, going over everything. Like this happened and that happened and this happened and this. And oh no, and the Lord was doing this. And the Lord was just like, my brain is just like, just going high speed because I'm excited what God's doing. But I mentioned how God is love, and it's like you, you can't stop the love of God from being poured out. And I, I mentioned, uh, as I was you know, up there talking and all, I, I mentioned that just like rain. I heard someone say it's like rain. When, when rain is coming down, you go outside in a thunderstorm. You can have an umbrella out there, and you're going to keep the rain from falling on you. You can do that, but you can't keep the rain from falling. And I believe that with God's love. God's love is raining down. God's love is pouring out. God is love. And sometimes we have sin like an umbrella. We're trying to keep the, you know, and it's just, God's love's there, but you can have sin and doubt, and it's keeping you from the love of God penetrating your life, penetrating your heart, and being, you know, living inside of you. What doubts do you have today? What's keeping you from allowing God's love from raining inside of you? God wants to help. Let's look at verse 1 again. Let's go look back at verse 1 if we can. 1 Corinthians 13. And though I speak with the tongue, with tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I become sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. Back in the first century, they had a big gong. Here, I think I took a picture of something similar to that. 
They would have a big gong with a, with a mallet in the, in the pagan temples. In their pagan worship, they would, you know, hit these gongs. I'm sure you've seen that before, too. They, they hit these gongs to make a sound, and they thought that these gongs, they would hit this, you know, big thing, and then they thought that that sound would wake up their gods. So they would hear their prayers. They're like trying to wake up their gods. And Paul the Apostle is saying, you know, if, if, you know that's, that's it. That's how empty our words are without love. That's just a, a sounding noise, useless noise. That, that gong was useless. There's no gods that they're, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to conjure up fake gods. And that's our words without love. That's when we're, when we're speaking. It's not like you can speak as eloquent as you want. You can speak, you know, many languages. You can speak even the, 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 of a tongue of, of angels. But if it's not motivated and it's not, uh, you know, if love's not in the midst of that, then they're just empty words. They're just words that fall down to the ground. But when they're mixed with love, they're powerful. I know I find myself constantly. I, I try to do this as much as I can. It was funny, I was out to lunch with uh, someone here from the church, and we're sitting there at the table, and we've been waiting to get together with this couple for a long time, and we, we finally sit down, and, and the waitress comes to the table and, uh, to, to take our order and everything, and then the, the waitress walks away, and the, the lady says, she says, are you praying right now for that lady? She goes, remember the message you said you pray for people? And I was like, I was like you know, yeah, yeah, I should be right now, because that's what I typically do. Typically, when, you know, when I meet new people, in my mind, I'm praying for that person. Lord, give me your words to say to that person. What do you want to say? And I, and I even pray, Lord, if you were sitting right here right now, what do you want to say? What, what would you say to that person? What does that person need to hear today? And you know, think of it. We are vessels of his love. We are you know, his mouthpiece. We're to communicate for him. So this dying world, is, is, you know, it's, they're able to hear what God has to say through us. He wants to speak. I know it was at uh, Chipotle's, imagine that, the other day. <laughs> Very unusual for me to go there, actually. This was a while back, matter of fact. But I was in line, and this, the lady that was in line was rude, very rude to the, the girl behind the counter and, you know, just giving her a hard time. And I'm, I felt terrible for this young girl. And this young girl's like, you know, what do you want? I'll do anything, you know. She's, so I'm like, give me a break, you know. So then the, another person came in. They're giving her a hard time, you know. They're just kind of yelling at her and giving her a hard I'm like, oh, man. So I'm praying. I said, Lord, just give me words to speak to this girl. You know, help me to encourage her. Help me to say something, you know. So, so I get in line. I start yelling at her. No, no. <laughs> no, just a joke. <laughs> it's catchy. No, it wasn't. No. <laughs> And I just prayed. I said, Lord, give me words to speak to her. And I just was telling her what a great job. She was doing a great job. You know, maybe not for them, but she was doing a great job for me. And I just felt myself just with his love, just encouraging her. And as I was talking to her and saying, you know, you're doing a great job. And you're, you know, I'm just kind of, you know, asking the Lord, just saying, I don't remember what I even said to her. But I just see little tears just walling up in her eyes. And she just start crying from the simple words of love, God's words, Proverbs. 1821, death and life are in the power of the, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Life and death are in the power of our tongue, the words we say. And those that love it, those that want to hear truth, it's going to be fruit for them. It's going to be something they can tangibly take hold of and, and, and partake of. What does love look like? You know, we've, yet, we've looked at this, but, you know, 
Look at verse 4. Love suffers long and is kind. You think there's a mistake in there or something? Suffers long and it's kind? That's God's love. God's love is patient, long-suffering, and still kind. If you think that God's impatient and ready to just whack you every time you mess up, and you know, God's not patient, that, that's not true. God's love suffers long and is still kind. That's God's love for us. So when we mess up, we go to the cross. He's right there to forgive. He's slow to anger. He's quick to forgive. He's right there to, to, with kindness and love and ready to, to, to be there for us. He's a loving father. But look at this, this word that suffers long. It's to be patient in bearing the offenses and, iniqui- or excuse me, and injuries of others. To be mild and slow in avenging, slow to anger, slow to punishment. So you're, you're, you're slow to these things and you're, you're kind. I, I don't know about you, but many times when, when somebody injures me or offends me, I want to injure them and offend them. They injure me, I want to injure them. They offend me, I want to offend them. And, and that's the flesh. That's, the, that's our, our, our sinful nature. That's how we operate in the human sense. I was at... Driving with Pastor Chad the other day, and we were in a parking lot. But I was in the, the parking lot where, you know, Pastor Chad was driving, and we're in a parking lot, busy parking lot, hardly any parking. We're running behind. We got places to go, things to do, and all this stuff. We're running real behind. And we get behind this truck. The truck's sitting there, and then he's, it looks like he's ready to turn into a parking spot, spot. So we're sitting there, sitting there, and I'm looking. I'm so impatient. Yeah, I don't know if you guys are there. I'm just, I'm looking, and nobody's sitting in the driver's seat. And Chad's sitting back there, right? I was like... I go, Chad, go around that person. He goes, I think he's going to turn in the park. I said, no, no, I don't think anybody's in the, in the truck. <laughs> and sure enough, we drive by. Nobody's in the truck. Someone just decided to park it right there where you're supposed to be driving. And I don't know about you, but that stuff drives me crazy without the Holy Spirit. And even with the Holy Spirit working in us sometimes, it can just, those things can drive you. I mean, me personally, I'm not talking just as I'm very, even coming to church this morning. But I find when I ask the Holy Spirit, I ask God, please give me patience because that's your love. And it's a supernatural working of the Holy Spirit. When I was in high school, we had this auto shop teacher. He was awesome. He was like one of the guys. He would, we, we'd go to dinner with him. He'd hang out with us all the time. We would just always just have a great time with him. He hung out with us all the time. I mean, we, we enjoyed going to this class. We loved going to this class. This guy was awesome. Here I was a senior, the last day, our senior day. He tells our whole class, he has a, a car, a beat-up car. He's going to get a new paint job. He's got a brand-new vinyl top he just put on. He told the whole class, you can engrave anything you want, class of 81, da-da, your name, anything in the paint job, because eventually he's going to paint it. So just put any engravement you want, right? Well, I wasn't here. I wasn't there to hear the instructions. I was with my friends somewhere else. We were in the restroom, okay? So, so we came back. Well, the kids lied to us. They said, you can engrave anywhere, even the vinyl top. So my friend and I, we climb up on top of the roof, and we put, I graduated in 81, we put an 8 and a 1 over the top of the hole. We engraved and scratched this brand new vinyl top. The teacher wasn't there. He walked in. We're, we're all done, you know, and he walked in. First thing he saw was his brand new vinyl top destroyed. His face turned red as a beet, and he said, who did that? And he was a big guy. He was not quite as big as Pastor Shane, but he was a pretty big guy. 
And I knew if I said we did it, he was just ready. I mean, he was just livid. He was wanted, he was waiting to say, where do I put all of my frustration? Who is the person? So everyone was silent, including myself. (laughs) I felt terrible. School was out. I ran into him about a month and a half later or so. I don't approximately that long. I ran into him. I went up to him and I said, you know, his name. And I says, I want to tell you I was the one that did that. I was lied to. I told him the story. I didn't know. You know, they told me we can engrave anywhere like that. And I said, I'm willing to pay for it. I'll do whatever. You know, I was wrong. You know, maybe I can make payments to you, all that kind of stuff, trying to work it out. And he was like, no, you don't have to make payments. From that day forward, this man was totally different towards me. And I look back at that story and I realize his love was limited. His love was limited. It took a vinyl top to to make him put up that wall of separation to limit his love, even as Matt was talking about. It was limited. God's love is not limited. And God wants to give us a supernatural love that's limitless. And he can give that to us. He doesn't want you and I to have just a natural relationship with others. He wants us to step into the supernatural. His love working through us. Showing kindness. Showing patience. Showing the proof of his presence inside of our lives. I think about in Acts chapter 7 when Stephen was being stoned to death by the religious leaders. Do you remember what he did? It says he knelt down and cried out to the Lord. Remember what he said? He said, do not charge them with this sin. And when he said this, he fell asleep. He died. He says, don't. They're they're throwing stones at him. They're killing him. And he says, he knelt down on his knees and he says, Lord, don't charge him with this sin. Basically, Lord, they don't know what they're doing. He loved him. Supernatural. I think of Jesus on the cross when they, in Luke chapter 23, when he was hanging on the cross, what did he say? He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they Forgive them, Lord. That's supernatural. He has that for us. Good verse 4. Love does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. Meaning love's not prideful and puts others first. Love is not prideful if you're taking note and puts others first. As Christians, we're to live with others in mind. Because when we live with others in mind, that's how God operates. You might say, well, well you know, if I'm constantly thinking about others, what about me? Who's going to take care of me? I believe when it's by faith we put others first, God takes care of our needs. I find that in my life with, you know, my personal life. When, I've, when I'm consumed with myself, I'm consumed with, you know, my things, you know, it's, it's just a mess. But when I put my eyes on others, God takes care of God. God does actually, the more I keep my eyes off myself, the more God works to take care of me. And that's how God wants to, to be with us. You all know this one, James 3.16, for when envy and self-seeking, where, when envy, where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Isn't that true? Have you ever been there before? I know you're a bunch of saints. Everybody say no. <laughs> well, not me, Pastor Joe. No, I never, I'm never self-seeking. 
confusion and every evil thing is there. When, when we're self-seeking, when we're so focused on self, every evil thing, it's confusing. When I, when I get all self-focused, I'm like, uh, my name, hold on, get, oh, let me think of that for a minute. I, it's just so confusing. When we take our eyes off ourselves, we put our eyes on Jesus, we put our eyes on the needs of other people, God takes care of us and he gives us clarity of mind. The world is easily angered. The world is easily irritated. Everybody in the world, it's, that's, anybody can do this. Anyone can be provoked. But when you stop and you pray and you return evil with good, watch the Lord work. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.